Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the V1 Church Podcast. This is your lead pastor, Mike Signorelli. And you know, you hit that play button because you thought, I wanna learn God's word. I wanna grow. I wanna get these negative thoughts out of my mind. And you made an investment in yourself. Make sure you stay locked in for the whole duration of this episode because your life is gonna be changed forever. You know, you might be like millions of other people who are saying, what am I gonna do with my life? What am I gonna be? What's my title? What's my vocation? What's my career? What's my calling? I mean, identity is something we all struggle with. But guess what? It's a lie from culture that you have to create yourself. God actually said, I have a perfect identity for you, and I want you to receive it, not create it. So make sure you stick around for this whole episode, and I'll see you on the other side with a very special message. Hey, V1 Church, thank you so much for staying along to this point. I actually believe that God saved the best for last. Go ahead and drop a comment. Let us know where you're watching from right now. All around the world, we have watch parties going up. So I hope you have your notes. I hope you have your Bible. But more importantly, I hope you're ready to throw them in the air, shout me down, and help me through this sermon. As a matter of fact, I believe that this is one of the most important sermons that I will have ever preached. And I'm gonna put it on that level right now. And so what I need you to do is make a commitment. Swipe your phone down, hit that moon shape, and do not disturb because God's got something for you. Remove the distraction right now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take it one step further. And if you've received ministry from me or this house, and you've had previous moments where you've broken through, you've gotten a healing, a restoration in your marriage or your life, if if you have ever said, man, I have been affected by what's happened as a result of this ministry, I want you to share right now and help me make this message viral. Help me, I'm, I'm at like imploring you right now because guess what, when you give, you're selflessly saying, God, there's somebody in my timeline. We're gonna take the algorithm that the enemy meant for division and we're gonna turn it around for unity and we're gonna turn it around for good. And I believe that you're gonna have friends, family members, coworkers that just say, who is this this guy? What am I watching? And in this moment, God just, oh, come on. (laughs) So I, I cannot wait. But I want you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 11. And I wanna give you a little bit of context on Acts chapter 11 while you're sharing this right now and helping this thing go viral. Because I wanna talk to you today about identity. Like, who are you? What are you doing with your life? Where are you headed? Yes, we're in a global pandemic and there's a lot of confusion, but God's got an answer for you right now. In Acts chapter 11, you've got the first century church and they're on these apostolic journeys and they're going to different places. Now the kingdom had been stalled in Jerusalem. And and the reason why I say stalled is because Jesus said go into all the earth, but they hadn't left Jerusalem yet. They were on lockdown. You know, they were kind of on a spiritual quarantine. And so what happens is they start to experience persecution. How many of you know pain has a way of repositioning you? Come on, how many of you know that when somebody starts talking about you, it'll get you moving in the right direction if you let it? And see, in Jerusalem, they're watching each other get persecuted, and it forces them out of that region into Antioch. And Antioch is a very prophetic stronghold. And you have this situation where Paul, the chief among the apostles, shows up with Barnabas and he's observing the way these people are acting. He's observing the way that they're, they're talking. As a matter of fact, he was in this region for about a year's time. 
And as, as a result of being around them, he starts to really speak into their situation, speak into their culture. And I, I believe that, oh, I believe that Paul in heaven right now, I believe that on the other side is saying, somebody say it again. Somebody reinstall what happened in Antioch on planet earth right now. So I wanna read this scripture. We're gonna start with verse 24. So Acts chapter 11, verse 24 says like this, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. You notice how it's possible to be full of the Holy Spirit, but not full of faith. We have to make a distinction here. There's some people, people Steve Jobs was full of faith, but not full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, you, you gotta have both. We need people in this hour who are good men, good women, filled with the Holy Spirit and faith. And it says this, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Okay, so we set the stage for this, this location. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people and I want you to catch this. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. This is the very first time on planet earth that the title Christian was actually given. Why is that important? Well, because 2000 years later, here's what we've inherited. People who are walking around claiming to be Christian. As a matter of fact, it is the global number one uh, religion of the world. And so you've got people who are like, yeah, I'm a Christian because I was born into a Christian family. And you, right now, think about this. Martin Luther King, I'm a Christian. Justin Bieber, I'm a Christian. Kanye, I'm a Christian. Joel Osteen, I'm a Christian. I mean, think about the diversity amongst the people who claim that title nowadays. But what does it really mean? And I think it's important more now than ever to be able to answer that question, what is a Christian? Are you a Christian because you went to Christian school? Are you a Christian because your mom's a Christian? And I know that right now, you're probably like, Pastor Mike, what does this have to do? It's an issue of identity, issue of identity. And for the very first time on planet Earth, recorded in Acts chapter 11, you have this moment where he just says, I am a Christian. You all are Christians. And he installs that word into this earth. Now, right now, I need you to understand that this is of utmost importance for you because that question is being asked now, what is a Christian? What is a Christian? And when I think about my past, my history, I was raised in a Christian family, but I didn't become a Christian till much later on. As a matter of fact, when you go through the teen years and you're trying to figure out how to be you, uh, back in the day, I was a punk rocker. I had multiple different hair colors, green, purple, blue, any Manic Panic crew watching right now. And then eventually I had dreadlocks in my late teens into college and I still have them in a bag somewhere. <laughs> it's like that. And now no hair. And so what, what I'm talking about identity. And really, we're a part of a generation that has been burdened with the task of creating ourselves. That's a new problem, create yourself. And see, for me, it was like, okay, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be a punk rocker and I'm gonna dye my hair, I'm gonna bleach my hair, I'm gonna have dreadlocks. And I went through every single stage and every single phase. And it was fun in those times to participate in this very 21st century thing of creating myself. It was fun. Oh, what would I look with this hair color? What would I look with 
know, Harry, there's times where we enter into this philosophical worldview of creating ourselves and it's fun. Let's go to the mall and try on a new type of style. What are my clothes gonna look like in this season? Has anybody ever looked back and you cringe a little bit and you're like, I hope that era comes back again because it's really embarrassing right now. The Jinko jeans wearing large pipes with the dragon sewn into the, black, the back of it. You know, it's like we, we come from these different eras where we look at our attempt to create ourselves and it can be cringy. You know, that's, but at the time you were having fun. Right now, we're all burdened with like, what do I make of myself? In a global pandemic, maybe you were furloughed, laid off your job. Maybe you've gone through the stress and the tension of domestic violence and your marriage has been torn apart. Maybe you're like, it was hard to find a mate before the pandemic, now how am I gonna do it? Maybe you're going through this season of what am I and who am I? I wanna talk to you candidly today. I think this message is so important. And it's important because even though we've all experienced the fun of trying to recreate ourselves, I'm gonna get into the gym, I'm gonna lift, I'm gonna get on this diet, I'm gonna make myself into the vision that I have for myself. There's this burden, there's this low level hum of anxiety. When we think like, what if I never add up? What if it's never enough? What, what if I never accomplish that vision and manifest it into reality? And see, if you go back to Acts chapter 11, what really was happening in this time in history was all of the people of this region that we, we now know is a major metropolitan and it was like kind of culturally diverse, but everyone unanimously called themselves, if you go back to the original Greek, we are Augustus. And what they were saying to each other was, hey, here we are slaves to the empire. Here, the one thing we all have in common, if you go back to the original word, Augustus, is we belong to this kingdom. We belong to this emperor. We belong to this empire. Right now, we're in a very sim similar situation where people are owning titles around the world. And we're, we're, as we're kind of like articulating who we are and what we are, it's causing a tremendous amount of fighting. But more so than fighting each other, the thing that we're fighting the most is this internal voice that continues to haunt us with these thoughts of I'm not what I should be. I'm not good enough. I'm trying to create myself. I'm trying to create a life for myself, but, it's, but I'm never quite enough. As a matter of fact, I believe what we're seeing around the world is how cannibalistic each one of those identities have become. In other words, it's, it eats itself. You can't even get people within the same people group that are identifying with the same title under the same banner and the same flag to even get along anymore. And so there's mass chaos all around. And what our heart craves so much is to know who we are and what we are. When Paul and Barnabas showed up to Antioch, everybody was saying, we are Augustus. And this is the very first time that somebody echoed the words from heaven, no, you are not, you are Christus, which in the original Latin was another way of saying, you don't belong to the empire, you belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. It's the only identity that you cannot achieve, you cannot create, you can only receive. And I'm about ready to go off, so I hope you have your shouting shoes on today. 
And the reason why I say that is because we're living in the world where you can call yourself whatever you want and then demand that everybody else aligns with what you've created about yourself. And, and even though it was so life-giving to say, you are Christians, you belong to Christ. The thing is, in order to receive that identity, there had to be a separation from the identity of the old. And see, behold, all things have become new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. See, those words, they hit different. When you look around and say, you know what? I don't know how I feel about being what I am and what I identify with right now because it's not really satisfying. It's not really fulfilling. And the gospel message that we have today John chapter three, verse 16. It's the most quoted scripture and yet it became the least believed. For God so loved the world. Yeah, Pastor Mike, I'm quoting that and everybody knows it. Tim Tebow in a football game. It's like everybody knows the scripture, but I'm here to tell you it's the least believed because everyone believes that God loves someone else, but no one believes that God loves them just the way they are. For God so loved the world. And every time we say the world, we exclude ourselves. And everyone's excluding themselves to the point where nobody believes that God loves the world. Nobody believes that God loves you perfectly as if you were perfect, knowing that you'll never be perfect. Man, I, I'm hoping this is hidden. I'm hoping this is it because when you are burdened with the anxiety and the terror and the fear of creating yourself, you'll never quite believe that you're loved because you'll always know that you've never come into alignment with the perfection of that vision of that which you've endeavored to create. This is where we're at nowadays. And this is what is so needed in our hour like never before. And I wanna entitle this message, if I entitle it anything, I am a Christian. I am a Christian. I am a Christian. Why? Let me tell you why. Because we live in a world where you can say, I am a lesbian. You, uh, I am gay, I am straight, I am pansexual, I am bisexual, I am a Republican, I am a Democrat, I am single, I am polyamorous. We have, we have come into this, this era in human history where all you have to do is declare, I am a woman, I am a man, I, I refuse to be anything. We live in this world of self-creation and although it presents itself as freedom, it's only produced anxiety. Although it produces, it's, it's like say, I'm in, this, I'm in this exploratory phase where I can be anything that I wanna be, but the truth is we're not inspired by the ability, we're tortured by the limitations. Because we say, I know I'll never quite add up. I know that I'll never quite be even the thing that I'm trying to project to other people. And I know this is scandalous right now because this is really where we're at. It's like, you've got Christians within the Republican party who can't get along. You've got people within the LGBTQ community who can't get along. It's eating itself alive right in front of us because it's presenting itself as the freedom to choose, but we're actually tortured by the choice. It's presenting itself as freedom, but it's bondage. And this is why I think this is the most important message that I will ever preach. And I hope to be given the privilege to preach this message thousands of more times before my time is up. 
Because what the world needs to know is that there is an identity through Jesus Christ that you cannot achieve, you can only receive. You cannot create, you receive it and then it creates you into that which God has called you to be. And that's what the world needs so desperately right now. Because see, we're tired of only a fatherless world would try to name itself. In Judaism, the responsibility of naming the child was always given to the father. The responsibility, Rachel giving birth in her pain, knowing that she's gonna die, says, this is the son of my struggles. The father comes in and says, you don't have the right to name my baby. This is the son of promise, Benjamin, the son of my strength. Only a fatherless orphaned in their own heart world would try to take on the task of naming themselves. And many of you watching right now are saying, I'm, I'm son of despair, son of depression, son of addiction. But God is speaking right now. I wanna give you an identity that you could never ever achieve in your life. You can only receive. This is the place where you drop the titles. And you know what happens? You put so much pride in a title that you gave yourself that you never let your creator speak it into existence over you. And I'm here, I'm here to say that I am a Christian. We survived the fall of the Roman Empire and we will survive the fall of every empire. Where presidents have died, where dignitaries and monarchs have not fulfilled the promises that they've given to their people, my king has always fulfilled his promises to his people. I am a Christian. That's what I am. It's the title that supersedes every other title. It'll last longer than the temporary assignments that I have. And sometimes the most demonic thing that happens in the local church is that people who do not understand the richness and the depth of the gospel still try to create their own identity. I'm a worship leader. Well, what do you do when you can't sing? I'm a preacher. What do you do when you didn't get scheduled to preach? When you self-assign your identity, then all you have is a task. You don't have meaning. I find my meaning in the love that loves me because he was perfect, not because I'm perfect. I find my meaning, come on, not in something that can ever be taken away because my identity is eternal in him. Let me tell you what it means to be a Christian. Christians cry because we're human too, but we cry with a hope that there is something eternal on the other side of something temporal. I, I, I'm telling you, Christians, we experience depression, but see, in the midst of that depression, even if it's a dim light inside of us, we believe that there's something more and that God's gonna see us through this season. Christians get cancer, but we never stop worshiping through our illnesses because we're either worshiping for the healing on this side or we're worshiping because of the eternal healing on the other side, but either way we win. I am a Christian. I'm a Christian. And that's why you can close our buildings, but you can never stop the church because we never needed it in the beginning. We are living stones jointly fit together, accumulating to make this structure called the body of Christ. That's why you can't stop us. That's why communism didn't stop the church. That's why democracy can or cannot determine ultimately the sovereignty of God and how this is playing out. But right now, the biggest temptation that we all have, the biggest temptation, I'm telling you, is to let this pandemic happen to us 
instead of Christians saying, no, we happened to this pandemic. To let the illness happen to us and not flip it and say, I'm gonna happen to this illness. Come on, there, there comes a point where you've got to awaken on the inside and say, have I created something of myself that goes against the naming rights of my creator? Has, have I called myself something? And I believe that when the apostles showed up in Acts chapter 11, you know what they were actually saying? The apostles showed up and they said, wait a second, you've all received Jesus. But when I ask you what you are, you give credit to an empire. I need you to call yourself Christos, Christians. In other words, you are owned by God. You belong to him. You don't even belong to yourself. And I think right now we live in a world where people are so obsessed with this is my life. The Bible says that if you hold on, you'll lose it. But if you let it go, you'll gain it back. What? The gospel of Jesus Christ simultaneously subverts your greatest desires and then fulfills it in a godly way. Come on, I know that's deep, so let me rewind. You want power? See, the desire for power in and of itself isn't evil, but the gospel will say, humble yourself and I'll give you true power. I'll subvert that desire and then I'll fulfill it in a righteous way. Oh, you want sex? You know what? God created you for that desire. Do it your way. Name it and strategize to fulfill that desire in your own way and it will destroy you. But then submit that desire to Jesus and then you will find a fulfillment in your sexuality that the world will never, ever, ever be able to teach you. Oh, you wanna be known. There's nothing wrong with wanting significance, but if you find your significance in a blue check mark, Satan will find a way to fulfill it that takes your life out. But if you want true significance, you lay it down at the feet of Jesus and then you find that he subverts those evil desires, but then simultaneously says, I wanna show you true strength. Christians are weak. Christians are weak. But when we're not afraid to say, I am weak, then he says, greater he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you are weak, then I am strong. Christians are confused at times. I'm just gonna call it what it is. We go through confusion. But then when we're honest enough to say I'm confused, he says, let me give you a plan that I've had before you were born, before you had a dirt body, before I breathed your spirit into that dirt body. And I had a plan before your parents had a plan. I had a plan before your grandparents had a plan. And when you bring your confusion, he brings his plan. I am a Christian. And in this season, we're like, which politician has a plan? I need to go to my king who had a plan before that politician was born. And I'm not trying to say we don't participate in it. And I'm not saying that the righteousness of God goes first, but you better stop hiding the cross of Jesus Christ underneath the flag of any country. And if you've elevated your life and you're flying the flag in this season and, and you keep saying, I am Augustus, I need to be the apostle that tells you, you are Christus, you are a Christian. And I'm, I'm here to take that word back. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm here to take that word back. I wanna take the word Christian back because you know what the Christ, that word has meant? Christian are the ones that condemn you the most. Christian means I'm the one that judges you the most. Christian means that you're good. Christian means that you're Ned Flanders. 
That, that's what, isn't that what it's meant? To the point where we're ashamed, even in New York, to even say I'm a Christian because people think, oh, I get it, you're better than me. No, 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 you don't understand. I stopped trying to be better and I started being a son or a daughter. I stopped trying to create myself. You wanna know what has caused guys like Gary Vaynerchuk to rise into prominence? It's our copy and paste society that says create yourself and everyone's looking for someone to give them the method to be successful. Give me the method, give me the copy paste. And we've, we've, given, we've given rise to these figures in this time. Because, but see here, all it's done is disillusion people. Now this sermon, no clever stories, no alliteration, no real title, just a message that the world needs to see, to see with their own eyes. Come on, I'm looking at you. You need to see real Christians rise up and say, Christian is not a synonym for perfect, but he loves me perfectly because Jesus was perfect. I'm not good, but I'm loved by a God who is good. I don't have to worry about tomorrow because I didn't choose to be born he chose to birth me into this earth. And I feel such a desperation on me like Paul and Barnabas in Antioch, such a desperation to say, have you taken a title that's only 15 years old when God wants to give you a title that existed before this world was born? Are you trying to affiliate yourself with a government that's a couple hundred years old when God has a government called the kingdom that's forever lasting, that he's asking you to participate in. I am a Christian. I am a Christian. This is what a Christian looks like. I may have some tattoos. I may have a haircut that you don't agree with. I may not look or sound like what you thought a Christian is, but I'm not a Christian because of my works. I'm a Christian because Jesus Christ, he just said it's over, it's finished. You'll never have to strive again. You'll never have to copy paste from another government. You'll never have to copy paste from another guru. You're gonna be led and guided by my voice. I am a Christian. I am a Christian. So here's what I wanna do right now. In order to come into this thing, James chapter one, verse nine says this. It says the rich, the rich Christian should think about their low position and the poor Christian should think about their high position. James chapter one, verse nine unlocked a mystery of what it means to come into this identity. It means that if in your entire life you were beat down by poverty, restricted from access, your entire life you never had anyone help you, you need to think about the fact that when you receive Jesus, you have a high position. But if you're someone of privilege, if you're someone of power and prestige, you need to think about your low position. See, this is what the world is seeking for. Everybody's saying, I want equality, but only the gospel can give you true equality because the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, if you're poor, if you're marginalized, if you're forgotten and unseen, it causes you to set your eyes on a high position and say, I'm exalted and lifted up, seated in authority and power that Jesus gave me but the sacrifice of Jesus Christ will also cause people of power and privilege and prestige to be so humbled by what Jesus did on the cross that they'll say, I can only think about the low position 
that Jesus came to serve and not to be served. And so if you're waiting for somebody to give you freedom, to give you equality, to give you an identity, that same community that you prescribe to will also eat you alive. That same, that same community that you prescribe to, the banner that you, that you fly over your life, the bumper sticker that you put on your car, the thing that you put on your social media platforms, if that's your identity, you've put your identity in the wrong thing. Because even, it starts off, it starts off in the initial phases of accepting that identity as feeling like, wow, now I have something that I can put my life to. But the end result of all of it is the anxiety of realizing you'll never be and you'll never fulfill the fullness of this elusive moving target. Most of the mothers that I'm talking to these days say I'm doing e-learning and I'm not a preschool teacher. I can't create programming 17 hours a day, why? Because they believe that they have to create themselves into the Instagram mom where there's a filter over everything that shows their kids in blissful heaven, learning and eating gourmet, organic free food all day, organic, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like we're, we're living in this world where nobody ever feels like they're enough. Nobody ever feels like they're enough. I talk to pastors, you know, seven out of 10 pastors will be forced to resign from their churches over the duration of their career. And you know why part of it is? I, I can't be this thing that I'm supposed to be. I, I, can't, I, I can't add up, it's never enough. I, I can't say the right words, Pastor Mike. I, I'm not as buff as that other pastor. I'm not as tanned as that other pastor. I'm not, I'm not as viral as that other pastor. And, and so what we've done is we've accepted something that looks more like 21st century Christianity than something that looks like the first century when the apostles showed up and said, stop trying to create your identity. Stop trying to, to achieve your identity, but only receive that Jesus loves you just the way you are, not as, you'll, as you ought to be, because you'll never be as you ought to be. He loves you just the way that you are. I am a Christian. I'm loved when I preach good, and I'm loved when I'm not enough. I'm loved when I say all the right things to my wife and I'm loved when my wife and her love tank is running dry because I don't quite have the right words for her. I, I, I'm loved no matter what. These people on the stage are loved when they hit the right note and they're loved when they don't. And, and this is what our heart is longing for. And I can't say it enough. We're getting ready to pray right now. But I wish, I, I, I earnestly implore you to say, I am a Christian in these moments. Yeah, you know, I may have offended you because I named your political party. I named your persuasion. I, I named your, your thing that you've built up your empire. But I, I, I wish for a second, if you would just open your eyes like James chapter one, verse nine and 10 and say, I'm gonna change my perspective. I've been beating myself up and saying I'm not enough, but I need to look higher and see myself seated in authority with Christ. Or I've been thinking that I know more than other people. You know, they don't see it my way. 
I'm black lives matter. I'm blue lives matter. I'm all lives matter. Well, I need to look down and I need to see that person who's desperately in need of my help in this moment. And I need to push titles aside and say the only title that matters most is I am a Christian. And on the other side of eternity, I will be gathered around with brothers and sisters across eras and across the eons and forever. It will never matter what we said on this life unless we first say, I am a Christian. And if we can unite around that, we can have a worldwide revival that brings Jesus home. Because when the sky split and the trumpet sounds, the only thing that's gonna matter, there's one line. There's not multiple lines. There's one line that matters. There's not a Republican line. There's not a Democrat line. There's not a BLM, all lives, blue lives line. There's one line. You either are a Christian or you are not a Christian. And it even says somewhere else in the word I was looking at this. It says that that there's gonna be a season where all of the wheat comes up together. There's gonna be a season where the sheep and the goat are all together, but there's gonna come a season of separation. And see, it actually says, don't judge which is which because that's not for your determination. It actually says, just let them grow together. We're in a season right now, let them grow together. But only you will know, am I somebody who said my whole life I'm a Christian and I'm realizing right now I'm not? And because my, my Christian life looks more like a striving life? Or am I somebody who says, I wanna be an atmosphere changer? I feel the, the stress like you do, but because I'm a Christian, I've been filled with the spirit of a living God and resurrection power. And it doesn't mean that my human heart doesn't palpitate with fear, but it means that what's deeper than that on the inside is this resurrection life and power. And because of that, I can be an atmosphere changer. Come on, do you feel the atmosphere shifting in your home? Do you feel it shifting at your watch parties right now? I am a Christian. I am a Christian. Come on, I, I want this word to begin to form in your soul right now. It actually says that when the Holy Spirit draws us, we cry out, Abba, Father. It's the spirit of adoption that says, adopt me. I wanna belong to your family. And if all, of you, if all you have is a political party, you need a family. And if all you have is a church, well, I have a church where I, I go into this building and we wear a mask through the pandemic and we socially distance. If that's all you have, you don't need a building, you need a family. But there is no family without Father, Heavenly Father. And I believe around the world, people are crying out, God, strip me of everything that's not like you. And I wanna dare you right now, we're gonna pray this out. I wanna dare you to leave your title. Preacher, I dare you to leave your title on the floor. Worship leader, I dare you to leave your title on the floor. Parent, I dare you to leave your title on the floor. All of it becomes an idol before the Lord. And I think that the healing moment that God wants to create right now is a moment where you just receive. For some of you, Come on, hear me, I'm sweating for you right now. For some of you, you've never, it's very hard for you to receive. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want you to believe it for you right now. Not the world, for you. For God so loved you. I want you to think about the most terrible mistakes you've ever made in your life. 
Son, I loved you at your darkest. Daughter, I loved you at your darkest. I died before you were even born, knowing every shortcoming, every failure and every fault. I dare you right now to leave your affiliation with your community behind. All of us, whatever that community is, whatever that thing, that badge of honor, well, I represent this side and my side is more right than the other side. There's only two sides, sons of God or sons of the enemy. Daughters of God are daughters of the enemy. And right now, I wanna to choose to receive my identity. Man, I just feel such an incredible weight of God's glory right now. Acts chapter 11. That term entered the, the earth. You are Christians. And I want all of us in the comments, all of us around the world, in every space you're at to utter those words, I am a Christian boldly, not because of what good I've done, but the good that Jesus did. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, just borrow my words, just call him Father. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Father, I give you my life. Father, I lay my identity before your feet. I lay my affiliations before your feet. And I ask you now, God, to give me identity. I receive, come on, say it with your words. I receive my identity. I don't have to make it. I don't have to recreate it. I receive it right now. Come on, say it. I receive my identity. I am a child of God. Come on, let the enemy hear you. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hey, wasn't that amazing? I'm so glad you stuck around all the way to the end. I don't know, it stuck a word, but you're here right now. So here's what I want you to do. If this message changed your life, I want you to make a commitment to sow into V1 Church. Go ahead and download the app if you haven't already, and you can give from the app with just a few seconds. That helps us provide messages like this to the whole world. So thank you for your generosity. And then the last thing I'm asking, is share this sermon with a friend. Go ahead and text it right now. Send them a message and say, hey, Pastor Mike said something you need to hear and keep this message moving. I'll see you next week for part two of this series. You are made for this.